Welcome to Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator from EW, Nina Torero. Hi, everybody. It's so nice to see so many faces today. Thanks for spending your night with us. I hope that you are as excited as I am. I have been a fan of Salma's for years and years and years. She is such an exemplary Latina filmmaker, woman, entrepreneur, and I'm thrilled. So I couldn't be more excited about her newest project. It is um, The Prophet, Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. It is a big screen version of this book, which follows a little girl's relationship with a poet. And it touches on many philosophical topics like love and money and inclusion. And I'm really excited to be able to show you a first peek at that right now. My name's Mustafa. What's yours? We will escort you to your port of emigration. I'm gonna miss him too. Look, it's the poet! Mustafa? Is he free? You bring a riot to our doorstep. Where are you taking him? Nothing less than a call to rebellion. They think I'm their prisoner, but I've flown away many times. What gives now Takes not from itself. Love possesses not, nor would it be possessed. For love is enough. What would I have left if I disavowed all that I believe? You should say, I am in the heart of God. You cannot direct the course of And freedom to wake at dawn with a winged heart to come. We're gonna be all right. Evening with gratitude, then to sleep with a prayer for the beloved in your heart and a song of praise on your lips. My crime, poetry. Well, by the looks of it, the prophet is colorful, beautiful, smart, and witty, just like its producer, Salma Hayek. I'm so excited to bring her out. Please give her a warm welcome. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for spending your night with us. No, thank you. Thank you. I think I speak for everyone when I say that looks gorgeous. So beautiful. You can tell that there's a lot of passion and heart put into that project, huh? And you've seen it. And right? I've seen it. So yeah, so I'm, not, I'm going to try very hard not to give anything away, but when <laughs> I tell you it's a must-see, it's a must-see. But in any case, The Prophet has sold hundreds of millions of copies worldwide. Almost everyone has seen the book, they've heard of it. But can you tell me a little bit about your own connection to the book and why this was something you just had to bring to the big screen? Yes, I found this book on the bedside table of my Lebanese grandfather when I was a very little girl. And uh, it had that cover that it was actually a drawing by Khalil Gibran of a face of a man 
And I memorized that face. I don't know why it made me think of my grandfather. And then my grandfather died when I was only six, and we were very close. And uh, it was very traumatic. You know, it was the first time that I had to confront a close death. And I, I thought it was so unfair that I didn't get to grow up listening to him and what he thought about life and having me teach, having him teach me things about life and about who he was. And when I was 18, I ran by an accident. Well, not by an accident, but I just found the book on someone's house. Wow. I think it wasn't even my friend. It was probably the parents, you know? And I said, oh my God, this book. And I read The Prophet. And I said, can I borrow it? It was so bizarre because when I read the book, the book, for those of you who don't know it, it's like a collection of poems that are like about different things, like about, about love, about uh, friendship, about... Inclusion, right? In Freedom. Yes. Uh, crime and punishment, um, speaking. There's so many, so many that are not here also. And, uh, and for me, it was as if my grandfather had come through this book and taught me and gave me advice about life and also made me feel like through this book he was always present. I had wow. access to him at all times and taught me about also my heritage because I'm part Lebanese and about who he was a spiritual man. Hmm. Wow. And so that clearly was something that remained with you throughout the years. You talk about having re-encountered that book in college, but why now? Was there something that clicked in terms of thinking, you know, now's the time for me to make this my life's mission, to bring this movie into existence? Was there something that happened? Or? Well, it's not something specific that happened, but I think there is a lot of people that would love to be inspired. You know, life has become a lot about just survival. And then we go to the movies to forget about our lives. But I wanted to make a movie that made you not forget about life, but reminded you about the beautiful things in life and about that beautiful part inside of you that is very human and that is very powerful, this human, and that is sensitive because we desensitize ourselves. And to be able to expose children to, to this and to poetry, and for the children, even if they don't understand all the words, they understand the poems through the images. And uh, maybe when we see some, I will make more of an explanation to you how, how it works because it's kind of subconsciously but especially for the young people. I was gonna say, I mean, because you've done animated movies, you've done live action. Was there something about the animated format you felt that worked particularly well to tell this story? Yes, the movie is about freedom. Um, the best way to, I didn't want a movie that was pretentious and preachy to talk about big concepts. No, I wanted a movie that was lighthearted, the beginning of the animation for those of my generation and above will remind you of your childhood. It's very nostalgic, 
for the younger kids, it's good to see what their parents were looking at. I was going to say, there's no age. like CG here, right? No, I mean, <laughs> there's no splashy sen <laughs> sensation when people. When people with the books, love, right? Yeah. You know, by hand, it's like a handmade kind of a thing instead of a machine. And, um, but also, when you talk about concepts like gratitude or compassion, it's better expressed through art. Instead of just listening, listening the concepts, I wanted my audience to experience freedom as they're watching the film. And it's also about how we are spirits and that we are not our body. We are not our bank account. We are not our jobs. We are not even our social media profile. What? You know? No. <laughs> that is I see you on your phone over there in the front. <laughs> that is, you know, that is part of who you are. But what about all that other thing that you are that nobody sees and nobody talks about and that sometimes we have a hard time feeling is in there or remembering it and art, music, Poetry and the magic of cinema are the tools that we use to take you back in there and, and, and remind you of that part of you. And I was talking about the young, for the young mm -hmm. people, this no, movie. I mean, it's one thing to buy a $5 movie ticket versus, you know, maybe a more expensive art museum ticket, I think is what you're saying. Like, it's an equalizer. It's something that's relatively accessible and in that way can be an opener for a lot of yes, people. Yes, but it also, besides that, it frees you. What I'm talking about is freedom. Yeah. Not free, you don't have to pay. No. I'm talking about freedom because... No brief tickets. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no. The movie, it's about freedom. And the first thing that... The first step to feel free is that you have to free yourself from yourself, from your head that won't shut up and won't stop, taka, taka, taka. In, in order yeah. to really experience freedom, you have to stop that. And what the movie does is that you are watching a very nice frame story that is directed by the director of The Lion King, Roger Allers. And then we're going to surprise you in different points, eight times with poems that are directed by completely different, eight other different directors, some of the most amazing artists in animation, and they are really exuberant visually. And the way it frees you is that we are used to thinking, oh, and now this is going to happen, and all of a sudden, you're, you're not going to know. You can never be prepared for what's going to come. You don't know what it's going to look like, and you don't know which one is going to be, and so you're not controlling, and you get to be free for that moment because you take a journey, but that journey, it's inside yourself. Everybody s is moved by something different. It's not the kind of movie that is controlling what you're thinking and telling you what to think or what to feel, and this is you know, where you're going to cry. Yeah, we have the frame story, but the rest, it's, it's all you. It's all yours. It's one image affects one person, one word, one you know, sentence affects another person. And when you see the critics, it's crazy because they're all over the, they're all over the place in what they say. Oh, this was very good. No, I didn't like that. I liked Everybody says something different. And even like we've had really good uh, critics, but there was one that I love because it was a bad review. And I love it because it says, 
No, 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 this movie is not good. It's like a self-help fantasia. Oh. And if I had money to pay one television ad, right. I will put that quote to, to try to, try to tell people fantasy, to say, yeah. and he, was, he thought it was an insult and I thought it was such a beautiful compliment. But of course, maybe for, for, for cynics, this is like, oh, Jarring, no, 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 yeah. no, no, it's, uh, it moves you and it's very beautiful with the art and it's very, you know, childish with the main story. You should not go see this movie, I say, because of it. I really recommend this movie. Well, I think that's the perfect place to stop for a second and watch a clip, right? So you can see some of this beautiful art. Can you roll that? Thank you. These things move within you as lights and shadows in constant half-embrace. You'll be free indeed, not when your days are without a care, nor your nights without grief, but rather when these things bind up your life, and yet you rise above them, unbound. This is, this is the perfect example because the kids might not know what unbound means. They might not understand the words. But the message that the birds that are supposed to be free are trapped, you know, uh, with a cord linked to a tree, and that they still fly. And when they fly together, they take it off the earth. And they still fly even with the tree hanging on to them. And, but there is one that manages to still break away from the tree. So these are sublim this, this is poetry, and it's done with art. So even for the children, um, this, is, this is very interesting. And now you've been promoting this movie worldwide, right? And the movie was released in Lebanon. Only, I've only promoted in Lebanon. Lebanon, OK. Uh, and here and to a couple of right. festivals. But in this Lebanon, is the second place it comes out. Oh my goodness. So, but Lebanon, where your family, you know, you have some roots and where the poet is from, what was the reception like there? I mean, were they as receptive to these ideas as? It was, it was extraordinary. We had, I don't know, I think 10,000 people outside of the theater that couldn't get in, that were going crazy the day of the premiere. Um, on the second weekend, we beat, um, what was it? The Avengers? The, the Avengers. Right. Can you believe that? They beat the Avengers? Yeah. It's coming wow. out in two theaters in America, one in New York, one in LA. And then if it does well, it'll continue to grow. In Lebanon also, it was like not a lot of cinemas. Wow. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of an art house film, but it's not. It's very accessible, but it's seen because it's unique. It's seen as an art house film. And I want to say a little bit about that because you produce this movie outside the studio system, right? Completely. I mean, I think for a lot of us, we think, oh, Salma Hayek, the movie star, she's famous. A movie, she can get that done, no problem. But there was a little bit of a journey in making this, right? Can you tell yes. us about that? From, I didn't really try to take it to a studio because we wanted to have the philosophy of the book, of the writer, also in the in the creation of the film itself. So 
the, the film has no country. It's the only film that has no country. We got money from many different countries. Um, all the artists involved in the film, the musicians, the, the, the directors, all the artists um, come not only from different countries, but from different religions and backgrounds. They are different ages. We didn't want to have one point of view to say, this is what you're going to think, this is what I think, and this is what I want to tell you. We wanted to take a vision of a source from many different angles, which this never happens in not only Hollywood, but in, oh, not even in independent film. Right, to go to different countries and to have everyone and, pull and, together like and this. And different artists, and then all of them complete. We were celebrating the differences. The film is also about that. And then the other thing that we did that had never been done before was go to the artists that d did the poems, and because the film is about freedom, they had complete freedom in their creation. They didn't have a color palette. They didn't have to use one technique. would use eight, nine different uh, types of animation during the film, different techniques. Uh, so we really wanted to be true to the spirit of the film. The film is about freedom, and that's why we use it. And all of that four years to make this movie. And a half. <laughs> wow, that is incredible. And it was, of course, when you try to tell people to get the money was the hardest part. You know, I want to make a movie based on this book. Oh, great. Yeah, how do you pitch it that? It sold a lot of <laughs> copies. That's fantastic. Uh, it's a philosophy book. Ooh, you know. I mean, it's not your typical children's movie. Yeah. Right. No, wait, I'm not even there. Then I say, no, but this is important because it's a philosophy book written by an Arab man. They go, oh my God, like, get out of, my, get out of my, my, my office. And I said, no, but it's brought all the religions together because it's not just philosophy. They do it. It's, it's poetry. It's a poetry book. And uh, of course, now they're ready to, to kick me out. And I said, but listen, it's for children. It's in an animation. And then their and, head starts spinning again. Yes, <laughs> so it was really difficult to... To, I didn't even tell them that it was eight. I mean, it was hard to tell them then. By the way, there's nine directors, and oh they get to do whatever gosh. they want. <laughs> <laughs> a studio's worst nightmare. And investors, I mean, wow. But you did get a really great cast in this movie. Yes. You have John Krasinski. You have Liam Neeson. I mean, how did you get them to come on board? Given that it seems that you didn't really have a budget, and you know, no, this is for sure. And this is the good thing about being poor, that the people that are around you are there, you know, because they love you. Right, right. You <laughs> know who the, your real friends are. Yes, <laughs> the people that are involved in this film, they all did it out of love because wow. they were excited about participating in an experiment because it is an experiment and because they love the material. It was very easy to get the cast. That was one of the easiest things because... We showed the script, and they loved it. And they, some of them were nervous about, what are you going to do? But at the same time, for example, Liam Neeson knew some of these poems wow. by heart. Really? He loves the book. It's important to him. Um, yes. Yeah, so the guy from Taken likes poetry, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> wow. Yes. It was easy. The cast was the easiest part. Our musicians, Damian Rice, wrote two songs that are 
One is based on one of their poems, the other one is original. Oh my God, it is sublime. The music is so good. Yo-Yo Ma participated in the score. Glenn Hansen and Lisa Hannigan um, and Gabriel Jared, uh, who did won an Oscar for The English Patient and Betty Blue, I don't know if you, any score fans in here, which is so incredible. He did the score, he's also Lebanese. I mean, it's interesting too that you place such an emphasis on music because I think the formula is, right, you choose one composer, maybe they see the script, maybe they don't, maybe they just score to the finished product, but for you it was a real factor, I think, in creating the total product, right? Can you tell yes, us a little bit? Yes, it was very important, and for the music, it's hard because you do need some money for that, but I had to call my friends. Okay, I want to see your cell phone. <laughs> yeah. I call <laughs> yeah, I all the contacts. Day. Yeah, please make sure it doesn't disappear. Yeah. My, uh, Damien Rice, I called him, <laughs> and I and I knew he loved the book, and I said, "Would you please write me a song out of one of the poems?" And he said, yes, let me look at the poem, see which one I wanted. I said, no, wow. it has to be on children. And he said, but I have no children. And I said, I know, but it has to be on children. And he goes, why? I said, because it's my favorite one. And I oh. know you're going to do such a beautiful job with it. And then I called him sometime later and I go, how are you doing with the, with the song? Oh, yeah, yeah, I have to do the song. And then I called, he was recording his own album. And then I called him again. How are you doing with the song? Oh my God, the song. I'm like, Damien, I need like, it like in two weeks. <laughs> and wait, 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 let me call you right back. And I go, oh my God. He calls me in an hour and he goes, yes, listen to this. Tell me if this what is the right hour? direction. In an hour. Oh my gosh. And he played the song and it was, I was crying and I said, he goes, is that the right direction? I go, no, that's the song that you recorded it. He goes, no. I go, hurry up before you forget. Let's see if the next clip maybe okay, has well, music. Let's, let's talk and let's see. Okay. <laughs> Mustafa, please, would you give a blessing to my daughter's marriage? It would be my honor. You were born together and together you shall be forevermore. You shall be together when the white wings of death scatter your days. There's no, it's uh, the best part of the poem is coming now. This one, for example. You'll just have to go get a movie ticket and see it in theaters when yes. it comes out tomorrow, okay? <laughs> this one, the director, uh, John Sfar, decided to take on marriage and express everything that is in the poem, which is basically that you, to love each other, to be together, but to make sure you don't lose your identity, that each one stands on their own too. To be close, but not too close where you, where you get lost or one of them disappears. So this is sort of the theme of that poem. And he decided to do it as a tango. Ooh. And he worked with real people and a great choreographer. And this poem becomes a dance. They do what the poem means in a dance. 
Sometimes we do it in a song. Sometimes so there is a lot of a lot of variety in it, and you got a chance to see how we go from the story into one of the poems and then come back. On I was going to say at the top of the clip we saw the little heroine, who I think is so cute because she has brown hair, she has brown skin. I think she looks like me, but <laughs> but I mean she's a she's not like the typical little girl you see in cartoons. Was that deliberate on your part to not make her the blonde, blue-eyed, stereotypical Listen, little hero? Seventy-four percent of all the characters that are in the movies today, and this is like an actual statistic, are white. The only 20, the other 26 is divided by the rest of the world. <laughs> you know, all the other different colors. And it, it, I think it's lovely that we have a very colorful film where the, the mother, my character, you don't get to see it, my hips are like this. <laughs> It's not a Barbie-looking mother. And the little girl, it doesn't look like a doll. It sort of looks like my little girl. Oh. <laughs> I mean, speaking of your daughter, she had a part in the French version of the film. Is that right? She, she does Cueva and Jeanette Wallis, who does the part of the little girl in this movie. She does that same part in okay. when we dove into French. Okay. And what has the reaction been like amongst the kids that you've screened it for? I mean, including your daughter, because again, it's not Minions, right? I mean, it's it looks not very minions. different. And she loves Minions. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the reaction was, Valentina was sort of like, when she saw some of the first animations, like, oh my God, mom, that movie looks like old times. And she was like, when are, when are you going to be finished with the, with the prophet call? I mean, when I was six, every night the prophet call, when I am eight. Because I'm doing the movie from Europe, so, oh, so I you're took a lot of my nights. And sometimes I cannot wake up to take her to the, to the school. So it, she had a little bit of a resentment. It ate into her of, time. And right. then when she saw the movie, I, I nearly cried because she told me she was very proud of me. And also because she wrote a poem about she wrote a poem about how we are spirits and how because of this we are free and because of this we never die. We are eternal. And then she made a drawing of my grandmother who she really would have loved to have met. And my grandma, my abuelita Huicha, it's like coming out of the coffin, hmm. kind of dancing wow. with all the rest of us. So in her case, it took away some of the fear of death and the anxiety of death. I mean, is that maybe part of your ultimate goal is to inspire future generations? Maybe there's another artist like it's, Khalil. It's, you know, it's who to might inspire watch future generations to sing, to paint, to express themselves in any kind of way, but most importantly, in this generation, to try to, to have the courage to be unique, to cherish their own thoughts, and try to look for a stimulation that inspires their in individualism. It sounds like an extension In, of your... Instead of just distracts yeah. them from themselves. I mean, it sounds like an extension of your work as a humanitarian. I mean... Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's so many, so many issues that we touch, we were able to touch in this film through his poetry, you right. know. And I think that's a good place. We have one more clip. I'm so excited about this one. Maybe there's more music in this one. <laughs> should say I am in the heart of God You cannot direct the course of love If love it finds you worthy Directs your own course To wake at dawn with a winged heart To come home in the evening with gratitude Then to sleep This, this one was, was um, Glenn Hansen and Lisa Hannigan. I don't know if you know these amazing Irish singers. They are great. I think they did a beautiful job with that poem. But you have to, you have to hear yeah. Damien's. <laughs> he did too. When you watch it, you will see. He did the end credit song too. I mean, this project, does this represent a new stage in your career? Is this the kind of work that we can see more of? Or is it a continuation of what you've already done, do you think? No, I, I, it's a unique piece, you know. I cannot do more of this, of this. I mean, I'll do something else, something different. It's so, it's so, from, it's so from the heart. I mean, it was so difficult to get made. We had a very small budget, very, very small budget. To do animation, it's very expensive, very complicated. Um, it's a one of a kind. I don't think I can go on and do many like this, but I will come up with something else. Okay. They said that to me when I did Frida. Yeah, you know, you can't is, do Frida Part Two. <laughs> I'm not gonna like other biographies. Not, not yeah. right now. I feel like I would be unfaithful right. to this one, and it took me this long to bring to you something that that like this, something that meant so much to me that I, something that I wanted to say, you can't just pop up like that yeah. when it's that profound. They, you can't just like whip it out. Yeah, whip like it just, out of yeah. you. I mean, but that we being see. said, I mean, because it was so much work, is it easier being the glamorous movie star or is it easier to be the producer because you do have all these connections? I mean, which is, which is harder? Which do you enjoy the most? Uh, it being, being a producer is hard. Trying to produce original material, it's nearly impossible. You cannot, this is you just get hair and makeup, put the jeans on and out you go, it's nothing, you know? <laughs> right. uh, but it's, uh, it's say this much of who I am. Yeah. This, it's you take heart. a piece of my heart and you get to know who I am who I am, not who I'm wearing. So it is a lot more difficult, but at the same time, a lot more meaningful. I love that. And that's a good place. I think we have time for some audience questions. If you have a question about Salma or the movie. Hi, uh, nice to meet you. Uh, my name is Adam. Uh, you mentioned freedom and non-attachment to materialistic things. That sounds very um, Buddhist and Hinduist. Um, did you uh, try to incorporate that into the movie based on those spiritualities? Yes, it, his, his work, 
that's his, th that's, those are his words, you know? It, he, but yes, it, that is in the movie too. Um, actually, there's not even anything materialistic to even be having to do the comparison. It's, it's all about uh, all the other things. It is about also freedom of speech. And there is a little bit of a politica, political storyline within it uh, that it's very timely, you will see. <laughs> uh, but there's nobody glamorous or rich. Or, it doesn't even... Right. That's not you do see a mother struggling, trying to... A single mother which I play, struggling not only to provide for her child, but to connect with her child. Uh, because her child stopped talking since the father died and cannot talk. So one of the other themes in this film, it's this little girl trying to find her voice. And I think, again, this is, a, we, this is symbolic in the film. But I am talking about every woman trying to find her own voice and where to find the inspiration. And most importantly, the courage to speak it out and the purpose that gives her the strength to, and the courage to do it. And that's one of the themes also uh, of, of the film. So it is very Buddhist. It is spiritual without having to put a label into it. I love that. It's beautiful. How long of a process was this to get created and all that? To get, to get it created? Yeah. Let me hear your voice. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> How long was the whole was, movie process? It was four and a half years so far. But before me, somebody else got the rights. It took him eight years to get the right. Oh my it's a funny story. Because when Khalil Gibran died, he decided to give the rights of all his work to his village. What? <laughs> so when we say it takes a village. It literally does. In this case, it really took a village oh to God. agree upon the rights. And it took him eight years to get the rights. And then he tried to make it into live action. And of course, that didn't happen for many, many, many years. And finally, eventually, it went to my partner, Clark Peterson, and then to Pepe and I. Pepe is my other producing partner. But I think he left. He's sick of listening to me. I <laughs> know. Oh, he's here. Oh, hey, Come Pepe. here. Show your beautiful face. Ladies and gentlemen, Pepe Tamez, the other producer who endured this with me. Hey, Sama, how are you? Uh, my name's Scott. I'm actually a voiceover actor, and oh. uh, I mainly do commercials, but I'm really fascinated by animation as well. And uh, you're such a great uh, voiceover performer yourself, and now having produced a great animated film, I'd love to know what you think goes into uh, making a great voiceover performance, and also what could also make a bad voiceover performance. Thanks. Oh, wow. I'm sure you can answer that one better than myself. <laughs> <sighs> I think that depends on the material. But for this one, for example, what makes it great on, on behalf of Liam, because he has the extra challenge of poetry, is that he made them as convers it's conversational. Because the point of view is the point of view of a little girl. 
So he just says the words as if he was talking to a little girl, you know? And I think that really was amazing the way he did that. It doesn't feel like it's coming at you, but it actually lures you into it in a warm, in a warm way. I think that it's most of the actors here are, it's a little bit more naturalistic. We're not going for the huge laughs. We're going for a constant smile. And um, I think that my car, for example, in my case, I try to give a lot of colors to the, to the voice so that it's not boring, which I'm sure John Kaczynski and Alfred Molina did the same because um, they have very funny roles. So always quirky noises, you know, Cuevangene does the funniest noise. She had to also do some seagull noises because the only friend of the child at the beginning it's a seagull, so they, she's, the only language she speaks is seagull language, so she had to do that too. And so I think the variety of the different voices and the different styles, like in life, how I say the variety of colors always makes something richer. Wow. Hi, Sanma. Uh, my sister Sammy and I are here. We're Palestinian, so we're very excited to see something from Arab culture. Um, the question I want to ask is how oh, far... Oh, you're not going to know which one to choose? There's so many out there. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. uh, uh, so we, we just wanted to ask how far does the film deviate from the original book? So how close are they to each other? The original book doesn't really have much of a story. It's a guy that is going on a boat and he's been living in an island and on his way out uh, people stop him and say, oh, talk to me, talk to us about this, about that. They all get together to say goodbye. And because he was very wise, talk to me about this and about that. So the spirit of the piece is very similar. Um, this, in this case, it's a man that is a poet and he's been in house arrest uh, for his work. And this is the day that supposedly they're going to release him in a boat. And uh, on his way to supposedly being released, um, this is also the day that he meets this girl because she sneaks in there. You will see. And <laughs> so it all happens in one day and how it changes so many lives. And on his way there, he encounters, like, for example, what you saw in the wedding. He was walking, so people are getting married. They invite him over. They say, give us a toast. But along the way, there's many organic occasions where he talks about something. So the structure is kind of similar. The story is more cinema-friendly and child-friendly. Hi, my name is Camilia. I have, a, I have a question. Why did you choose to make an animated movie and not a movie movie? Because Liam Neeson would, would have looked perfect <laughs> as the guys. I mean, as you would look perfect as well. Yes, but when he would talk about on love, we would only hear the words in, instead of this beautiful art that interprets love in so many different ways with music and color and shapes and movement. Um, it's so much more joyous to be able to remember to free from yourself and explode in many different pieces, you know, like that. So. I didn't want it to be intellectual. I wanted 
to be a sensation and an experience. And I was, I, I could accomplish that better with art than with uh, people moving. You can almost insert yourself into the animation rather yes. than seeing the be narrative. Be free, be yeah. free, get I it, break it away, <laughs> tear it apart and reconstruct it on your own. I love that. That really is what you do in this movie. My name is Paulina, it's nice to meet you. Um, in the beginning you mentioned that um, the film doesn't have all the pieces from the book. Um, and, no. I, and I wanted to know at what point you felt that it was complete, that it, you felt like the intuition that, you know what, this is, this it was, is what it's meant it to be. It was not intuition. We did the frame story and we picked the, 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 the poems that would tell that story the best, that would organically fit into the story. It's not just random. It's not an anthology like one after the other. It's a movie. It's a whole movie. It tells one story, beginning, middle, and end. And part of the... It's hard to explain because it's something completely different. We, we had a test and we asked uh, the people, what can you compare this film with? 97% said nothing. Hmm. So it's hard to explain, but you will understand because it's organic. Wow. Oh, there's somebody in the back too. Uh, uh, it's a party! I am, I am not a indie filmmaker, but I would like to make films. But anyway, some of the uh, models of directors that are coming out of Mexico are like really great. Oh, sorry, really great. Uh, I was just curious if you might be uh, planning any projects with, uh, or you've been approached by Guillermo del Toro or anybody, uh, any directors from Mexico? You know what? They are my very close friends for many years. One of them is my friend for 36 oh years. God. I think I'm too close to home. They know me too well. I think they're excited to work with like people they don't have dinner with and play with the kids and babysit their children, you know? And I would love to work with them. I had at one point uh, something with Alfonso Cuaron for, to produce together, but then we had a problem with the rights. But actually, Alfonso has been a champion of the film. He, he, he heard all my sorrows and helped the inspiration and loves it. Oh, good. Hola, Salma. Mucho gusto. Mucho gusto. Soy de la Ciudad de México. Thank you. Um, so my question is, I've, I love your work. I think you're a very unique Thank actress. You. And so much has changed from you being a sexy vampire to comedy like Fool's Russian, which is one of my favorite movies. I and like variety. Yeah. So what do you think is the reason... What's the main reason that your work has changed? Do you feel like being a mother and having children, or is it your humanitarian work, or just trying no, no, different no. artistic? My humanitarian work, I've been doing way before I became an actress. So the humanitarian work has always been there. I think that uh, I haven't changed that much. It's that I have grown, and I have created more opportunities for myself. When I did From Dust till The Vampire, I felt I was, so I was so lucky because they called me to do that movie. It was really hard to get a job and I got to work with Quentin Tarantino. But my, my, the essence of who I am is the same. It's just the opportunities are different. The, the, the time is different. I hope it's a good question there. The trailer we saw uh, previously, which is show the music sequences, I find it kind of similar to the, the Gustav Klimt paintings. Absolutely. The kiss, uh, that's, what, yes. that's what's kind of inspired it's, me. Yes. And you also, work, this also has like a Bill Primpton's uh, works in there as an yes. artist. So I was curious how close do you work with those people? 
you know, we are close because we supported them and we had lots of labs with them and we've gone around the world, you know, do different festivals with them, so we are close. But they love us because we, we did not tell them what to do. They were really, really free. Um, this, you are right about this one. Um, there is a woman that didn't work when you go see it, it's gonna blow your mind. This woman, John Gratz, she invented a form of animation where she uses paint and clay on a hard surface, and this is what she does. She uses her finger and starts, you know, painting, and she doesn't cut. She transforms what she does, what is there, she transforms it until the next, to the next frame. And she does the whole animation, took months. You cannot edit that. It's a masterpiece, it's a really a work, it's a little bit like Van Gogh, except she does it with one finger and it moves. It's, it will blow your mind. I mean, the critics go crazy. And it's, it's very funny because she does only with one finger, but when she gets tired, she changes the finger to the neck, <laughs> to this finger, because I don't want anyone to be insulted by my finger. And then when it's like completely cannot move anymore, she says then she uses this finger, but that this one is not as talented. Oh my God. So she tries not to use it. She's so funny. Thank you all so much for coming. August 7th, The Prophet, go check it out.